Welcome to day 13 of the Gratitude Game. Today's mantra is heart. I want you to think of putting your heart into it. In everything you do to add that little extra oomph that just means you're present, just means you're there, you're engaged, it's not phoned in. It's not half-assed. Let's get you, let's put your heart into it. Let's lean into really making it better by paying closer attention and by adding a little heart to it. There is not one thing on the planet that's, going, that's not going to be improved by that. It's so funny when, you know, you ask an Italian mother, um, what is the secret ingredient to her recipes or her cooking? She'll say love. And I have to tell you, when you're in the kitchen putting your heart into it, I love cooking. I love, 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 love cooking. When you're in the kitchen and you're putting your heart into it, that's showing up in all kinds of ways. It makes you want to taste it. It makes you want to add you know, one more speck of salt if that's all it needs. Um, sometimes I used to love adding uh, a little square of dark chocolate to my spaghetti sauce. I always called it adding a little bit of extra love. Um, it means that if you are in the kitchen and you think, oh, my goodness, this could really use a little bit of sweetener, but I don't want to add sugar, then you're looking around you see a date or you might see a ripe persimmon or something like that. You might start experimenting because your heart is really in it. You're really wanting to create something memorable and nutritious for your family. And, and even that, too, that, that desire for it to be nutritious and delicious. So you are reaching for the fruit substitute rather than the sugar substitute, the processed substitute. Um, when you put your heart into it, everything shifts. It's interesting because if you're the person that puts your heart into your work, you're the person that's going to see a lot more raises and promotions. And if you're not seeing that, then it's time to start looking around for a company that will appreciate you more. If you're the boss and you put your heart into it, then that's the way to keep your competitive edge. That's the way to keep making sure that whatever it is that you're making or doing is going to be that much better than the competition. I have to tell you, I think it's the secret to my success, What you know, whatever you want to call my success. I love my job. I put my heart into it. When I stand on the stage and I talk to people about, um, you know, whether it's financial literacy or sustainability, I mean, the smile erupts on my face because I'm doing exactly what my heart's desire is. 
Now, this leads me to another bit of heart. First off, I want to say, make heart, putting your heart into it. That's the mantra. That's what you want to be thinking. That's so, all, you know, constantly throughout the day. How can, I, how can I show up more in this moment, whatever this moment is, whether it's engaging with a stranger for just a moment and then giving them a smile and saying, have a great day, God bless you. Whatever it is, show up and be more present. Put your heart into it. But there is a deeper, more lasting, longer-term goal to this mantra today. And that is, what is your heart's desire? How far away from your heart's desire are you right now in your daily life? Is there a way that you can be in greater alignment with your heart's desire? Now, that is something that might take a lifetime to achieve, but every time that you make a choice, toward that end will lead you closer and closer and closer there, even if it feels like it's such a distant distant thing to reach. There's something that comes top of mind to me. When I was still very young and I was, I was a singer and a songwriter and I really believed in it, I put my heart into it, that was my heart's desire at the time. And in the daytime, in order to pay the bills, I was working at a medical insurance company. And um, because I put my heart into things naturally, um, just the way I operate, that's I, for some reason that was never subdued in me. Um, so at the insurance company where I was there and I was and started out doing data entry, I just did it the best I could. And because I was a classically trained pianist, Typing was very easy for me, so doing data entry could be like brr, 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 really fast, right? And um, before you know, I knew it, I was getting offered raises, promotions, etc. And um, you know, soon I was being dressed in suits, and I was, you know, going to be the corporate sales representative of this health insurance company. And this was back in the day before Cobra, so it was back in the day when if your employer had health insurance coverage, and they fired you, that was it. You were screwed. And what was happening, even though it was illegal, is that a lot of the companies, and it was at the beginning of AIDS, so in that day, if you were diagnosed with AIDS, or if you had a premature baby, or if you were in a motorcycle accident, these were all things that could add up to hundreds of thousands of dollars um, of medical costs. In today's terms, it would be closer to millions of dollars, you know, because that was 20 years ago. And medical care costs have gone up that much. They really have. So, but back then they were more like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, and that would mean that the corporate, the corporation, they, if they had someone with any one of those ailments or any one of those injuries, that would mean that that, per, that company's health insurance premiums would be jacked up. They could be doubled. And, of course, when the health salesman, health insurance salesman, was going to renew the contract, the company who had just had their, you know, their health care premiums double would be, you know, up in arms about it. Well, what's going on? Well, why the heck would you do this? And by law, you weren't supposed to reveal who was sick. So what would happen is you could 
send over the claims reports so that the company would understand what was going on and why their insurance premiums were jacked up so much. Well, a lot of the salesmen, when they would send over the claims reports, were not redacting the social security numbers. And so the, the, the corporation could know the exact person who was costing them and they would get rid of them so that they wouldn't have their health insurance premiums double. Now, of course, this was not legal, but a lot of it was happening. And when I saw that that was happening, I went and I complained to the HR person and to the vice president of the company. Both of those people turned on me then. I wasn't, all of a sudden, I wasn't dressing professional enough. My hair was too blonde, all this sort of stuff. It was bleach, so it wasn't racism. It was bleach blonde. So they were, you know, trying to, you couldn't do it today, but you could back then. You could say, oh, you know, you're not the right wardrobe. So um, before I knew it, I was really being asked to leave for being um, the whistleblower within the company. Now, back in those days, it was really hard to be a whistleblower. They didn't have whistleblower protections. So I was doing what I thought was the right thing, which was I, uh, bringing up something to the powers that be. I thought, well, somehow they must not know that this is illegal or somehow they must not know that this is unethical. And um, before I knew it, I was without a job. So I had a week of sleeping on somebody else's couch before I figured out the next act. And honestly, I didn't know what the next act was going to be, but I really got behind the idea that losing my job over refusing to provide that kind of information to employers, I, all I knew was that was the right answer. I knew that I was going to suffer for it. I, I, I was losing my livelihood. And, all, you know, they were paying me really well once I got up to that level. Um, but who wants to do that anyway? And, and at, you know, when do you decide that something is just too unethical for you to make a living at it? And that was when I decided that. And that brave choice, was it was so empowering. Not only did it preserve my morals and my heart, you know, every time you go against your moral code and what you know is right, you are, you're really taking yourself out of the higher enlightenment of living. And there's a lot of people that do that. They make a lot of excuses for why they're just trying to provide for their family, even though there's some things they have to do that they know are really skating the line pretty close of being unethical. There's a lot of different industries out there that do that, so that they could be harming another person, particularly in sales, but not just in sales. So at any rate, the long and the short of it is when you consult your heart, there is great wisdom there. And when you make choices to preserve the integrity and the beauty and the wholeheartedness of your heart rather than tearing off pieces of it so that you can make a living, then you can really start getting to closer and closer and closer to your heart's desire because it's going to take you out of where you are and it's going to point you in a new direction. It's going to open up new possibilities. I will tell you, 
So I was basically thrown out, honestly. I mean, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was thrown out. And I have to tell you, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Didn't think so at the time. But every time that I have been kind of uh, the person in the room that was causing it to feel edgy, which, look, if you're a person that wants change, that wants us to change our habits around sustainability, that wants us to become more financially literate and not just rely on blind faith that a salesman's going to do that for you, you know, there's going to be times when you're in the room saying things that are going to make people uncomfortable because you're asking them to grow. Every time that I've been tossed out, it's always been to better vistas, always, not, not even close. I am today 100% living my heart's desire. Yeah, I want to get better at it. I want to reach more people. I want to understand sustainability better. I want my life to be greener, although it's getting pretty darn green. Um, I want all of those things. There's always something to improve, but... My life is in 100% alignment with my heart's desire. Now, I'm old. (laughs) I'm going to be 60 next year. So it's taken a while to achieve it. it. But that's the beauty of life is that when you make these brave choices, you're going to be so surprised at the next chapter that opens up for you or all of a sudden, the possibilities that open up for you, the people who rush in to support you, the, the your people, um, you know, that you all of a sudden find yourself surrounded with. So put your heart into it. And I'm going to leave you back with Ricky Byers, um, her version of Use Me, her song. I included a link to it to her YouTube channel and also a link to her webpage. Um, She's available for concerts, guys, around the world. So if you are in a New Thought uh, spiritual community and you're already singing a bunch of her songs, which many people are, you reach out to her on her website and invite her to come and share her presence with you. You're going to be blown away. We're fortunate to have her in the flesh so let's uh let's use her (laughs) while we can all right thanks so much for your time um thanks so much for your presence thanks for doing this 21 day challenge and i will see you tomorrow God God so much more than the earth or the stars or all of creation. God is creator, all and all, leading us to shine light as me.
Oh 